God has spoken. Understand Asa Shaman. God's doing amazing things. Father, I, I don't. I'm blessed by our family. I'm blessed by our time together. But I also know, Lord, there's something about to happen here. This season is meant by you to tune us into you and to take us to that level of 24-7 where we don't any longer ask the question, Lord, is it you? Where every person in our family knows it is you. We desire that. We want that. We pray for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, that's where we're at right now. We're starting out the whole idea of the blessed life. And again, Proverbs 3 is the main section. And uh, let me tell you a couple things. Number one, um, I'm hoping you're reading the book. And I, I know every now and then some of you are going to go, wait a minute. What you're speaking on in the weekend isn't in the book. And here's why. I'm going to treat it like a college class. When I taught at Hope University, I'd have students sometimes come to me and they'd say, um, Pastor Chuck, um, where in the text do we find what you're talking about? And my answer would be, it's not there. I want you to read the text. I want you to listen to the lectures and put the two together. That's how most college classes are, right? I mean, and I trust you. I don't need to come read the book to you. I mean, the book's amazing and incredible, but I will refer to it at times, but I want to take you into some areas deeper than might be in one part of the book. And today is in the I.O. principle. The I.O. principle we have referred to over and over again in the story and, and Robert Morris calls it instant obedience. I want to call it immediate obedience. For some reason, that rings better to us. No matter what term you use, it's the idea that when God says something, you do it. Without, without question, you just obey God. Now, you ready for that? That means, that means immediately I obey. Instantly I obey. If it's in God's word, I do it. If God prompts me in my spirit, God's going to speak to you in your heart. You and I just say, okay, God, here I am, and I'm obeying. Here I am. Send me. Do what you want to do. Now, here's what I want you to get ready for. As we do this, we will learn God's voice better and better. As we do this, we'll tune into the power of the whisper, which is very 24-7, which we started a year ago and are now in our second year that we do that. And as I prayed in my prayer, here's what I'm wanting for you. By the way, I'm wanting it for me. I, I don't want you to go, Lord, is it you? I want you to go, God, okay. If you know his voice that well, and if we read the book, The Blessed Life, do our studies, come together and worship, and do some spiritual disciplines, we are going to tune in more than ever to God's voice. And you're not going to have to ask, is it you? You're going to know it's God. Now, we're in the Christmas season, which makes sense, the whole idea of the blessed life. But we wanted to go beyond that. But when the Christmas season began, this is the season that Pam and I love most. I love Christmas time. I look forward to it. I count down the days, and my wife does that at a level beyond me. Uh, she has a tradition. The minute the Christmas movies start playing, she starts watching them. Now, she, only has, she has a stack of DVDs of her own Christmas movies, but she takes our DVR and fills it with every Christmas movie on. 
And, and, and I have a hard time recording football games uh, because she's just got all these Christmas movies. And, and here's something I want you to grab and, and think this through. There's a common theme in most Christmas movies. There really is. Uh, if you go all the way to the classic, you know, the, the Christmas Carol classic by Dickens, uh, uh, to any other Christmas movie, there's a certain theme, and here's what it is, that there's a very selfish person, a Scrooge, who thinks life's all about them. And they don't realize that the people around them matter and the situations could be incredibly beautiful and wonderful if they would pour themselves into it and give but they're so into getting, they're so into being selfish, they're ruining their life and ruining everyone else's. And then someone or something comes along and begins to guide them and show them how they're on the wrong path and their eyes open. They become selfless instead of selfish. They become generous instead of greedy. And they start to give instead of take. And all of a sudden, they get the blessings. Now, isn't that the, the, what, what the, all the movies have in common? By the way, let me tell you, that's a very biblical theme. God wants to come and show you and I that I am blessed when I determine to be a blessing. And every time I'm blessed, I'm blessed to be a blessing. And that it's in giving that I get blessed. By the way, you already know this. It is far more blessed to give than to what? Receive. Now, we all know that. The question is, are we ready to live it? And the minute we tune into God, he begins to show us that. Just as in the movie, something or someone comes along and shows you how to live better, so does God. Now that brings me to my, my almost, one of my all-time favorite passages of Scripture. I'm going to give you both of them in a minute. It's in 1 Corinthians 2.9, and, and if you're not there, I, I want you to listen. But listen to what it says in 1 Corinthians 2.9. It says, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor has it ever entered into the heart of a man what God has prepared for those who love him. Now, did you catch what that says? I has not seen nor ear heard, nor has it ever entered in the heart of a man what God has prepared for those who love him. If you love God, God has things in store for you that are beyond description and beyond imagination. That's what that verse is saying. And your life should be that good. Your life should be that incredible. You ought to be going, man, the, my life is beyond description and beyond imagination. Why? Because I love God and he keeps blessing me. See, the Bible, and what did it say in the story? When God created in your life and in my life, he didn't create it just good. He wanted it to be very good. In James, it says he's the giver of every good and perfect gift. And in Hebrews, it says this, that we need to come to God believing he is a rewarder of those who seek him. Now, now, over and over, the Bible says that God loves you and cares about you and has prepared amazing things for you. But think about verse 10. Verse 10 says this, it says, for to us, to you and I, God has revealed them through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. Now, God not only said he wants to give you great things, he wants to teach you great things. He wants to lead you. He wants to guide you. He wants to reveal things to you by the power of the Spirit. If you love God, your life should be beyond description and beyond imagination, and the Holy Spirit will teach you and guide you and lead you to it. Now, Jeremiah 33, 3 is another of my all-time favorite verses, and many of you know it by heart. Now, think about these words. Call to me. Call to me. Now, catch what he says next. And I will answer you, and I will tell you great and mighty things you do not know. 
Now, God wants to, to tell you things. God wants to answer you. God wants to talk with you and share with you. Did you grab that's what that says? Call to me and I will answer and I will tell you great and mighty things you do not know. Now, are you experiencing the great and mighty? Are you experiencing things beyond you? Are you experiencing things in your life that you step back and go, that's God. That's him. You know why? God loves you. And just like in those Christmas movies, God wants to come and teach you and guide you about what's important. Now I'm going to ask the question. Will you say yes? If God speaks, have you committed into your heart to be an I.O. person, immediately obedient, and say yes? Have you committed to that? By the way, if God's word tells you something, you go, oh, that's what God's word said, I'll do it. If God prompts you in your spirit, will you do it? And I'm going to tell you that's the blessed life when you and I do that. When God moves and we say, okay, God, that's what you want. But by the way, it gets to be outside of you. It takes you beyond your comfort zone. God, by the way, has a lot of fun with this. And sometimes it's about our being, you know, have our character grown. But I hope you would say, I want that life. I want to be so in tune with God. That's what I want. Now, the Bible says he wants to do it. And in Proverbs 3, we're going to see it. But we're going to learn three truths that we have to grab hold of and understand if we're going to live the I.O. principle and have the blessed life. So I want to tell them to you today. And I want you to lock them in. And I want you to commit to it. Uh, number one, number one, I, I will have the I.O. principle active in my life. And I will have the blessed life if, number one, I obey even when it does not make sense. If I obey, even when it does not make sense. And you might say, wait a minute, is that in the Bible? The answer is it is. Proverbs 3 verse 5 says this, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. If you go, well, it's gotta make sense to me, then you know what? You're gonna have a problem because the Bible says we're to walk by faith and not by sight. He says, I don't want you to lean on your own understanding. You know, I've had people all the time, I really have had people going, well, I don't get baptism, why should I do it? And my answer is do it and then you'll get it. But isn't that what Asashima teaches? Do and you'll get it. And, and a lot of people, well, I want to understand. Well, I want to tell you something. I can give you the theology of baptism, but you'll never understand baptism till you get baptized, till you are buried with Jesus Christ. Till you experience that moment with him when you go under the old person and come up the new and you let God do something that's beyond you and God wants us to do that. God desires for us to do it. The question is, are you gonna do it? Are you and I gonna say, okay, God, you know, when that moment comes and I've never done that before. By the way, as a believer, as someone who chooses it, the Bible teaches you and I have to choose to be baptized after we've given our heart to the Lord. It should be something you experience being buried with Christ. And if you ever done that by your choice in a commitment to God where it was all out commitment, and when you do that, you begin to understand why. I have people sometimes say, I don't understand why I should come forward. I prayed the prayer. And I'll say the principle is in the Bible and you'll never understand it until you come. Uh, there's lots of things I don't get. But when we honor God, then we begin to experience something beyond us. And here's the thing, when God prompts you, are you gonna do it? Pam and I were uh, in New York City, and uh, we were at one of my favorite delis, the Bin Man Ash Deli. And, and, and I got to tell you, I was on cloud nine because I'm about to have pizza for the fourth time that day. Yeah. Now, I say, I believe that pizza and manna are the same thing. And uh, so whenever we go to New York City, it's like, what pizza place you want to go to? And matter of fact, we had amazing pizza for lunch. So we're getting ready to go for dinner. And Pam goes, okay, I know we're going to Bin Van Ash, but what are you going to order? And I said, pizza. And she goes, Chuck, you've already had pizza three times today. I did. I had three pizzas, or, or p different kinds of pizza. And, and, she, and I go, but Pam, 
Ben Van Ash has a smoked pastrami and Gouda cheese pizza. Man, it's, oh, it's almost noon. I'm hungry. And, uh, and, and it's like, how do you not have that? And so what happens, we go in there, and, and I love this deli. It's one of the best delis ever. And they have an amazing deli area that's just desserts, cannoli and eclairs and fudges and donuts and, and, and cheesecake. All oh, there's probably a 60 different kinds of cheesecake. All the big old New York City kind, you know, that we don't care about calories. And, uh, and so we're sitting there, and I've ordered my pizza, and, and this lady comes walking in. And you guys, I'm not kidding. She is so well-dressed. She looks so successful. She's carrying herself so well. She's so Manhattan. And, and she walks up to the dessert side of the deli, and she's going, how much are those cannolis, and how much is this? And God spoke. And God said, you go buy her food. Now, I want to tell you that did not make sense. She was wearing a ring more expensive than my car. So I'm going to buy her a donut? I mean, but God, I had, I had been reading the Morris book. I had already made this commitment. I committed more than ever. I didn't even tell Pam what I was going to do. I just, God said, do it. I said, I-O, immediate obedience. I stepped back from my chair. I walk up to the counter area. I said, hey, man, whatever she wants is on me. And here, I'm not kidding, I'm not exaggerating. She screamed and she started crying. She went, ah, oh, and tears are coming. And she looked at me and she said, why would you do such a thing? And I said, because I'm a Christian and I love the Lord and God told me to do this for you. Then she goes, oh. And she goes, I'm a Christian. And I do this all the time for people, what you just did. And for some reason this morning, I got up and I said to God, God, I always am willing to go buy things for people and do things for people. I just wish one time somebody would do that for me. Yeah. Yeah, it didn't make sense. But man, I got to tell you, how do you think I felt when I sat down with Pam? How do you think I felt the rest of that day? Now, now, by the way, we don't do it to get the feeling. But guess what? Man, she walked out blessed. I walked out blessed. It didn't make sense. Lots of things God's going to do does, don't make sense in the moment. Uh, Mary would tell the, the, the servants, hey, whatever Jesus tells you to do, do. We're going to get to this in a minute. And they filled this up with water. And he said, take water and give it to the head waiter. That made no sense whatsoever. And one of the greatest miracles that ever happened, happened. Your life will be transformed. You will be transformed. You will get up in the morning not even aware of what God's about to do with you if you choose to be an I.O. person and live the blessed life. But you got to say yes to God, and you got to do it even when it doesn't make sense. Uh, the next thing, the next thing is, number two, we need to obey in every area of our life. We need to obey when it doesn't make sense, but we also, now here's the key, it can't be in some areas. There can't be some things off limits to God. You either are completely his or you're not his. He's either Lord of all or he's not Lord at all. The question is, are you gonna obey everything he says in every area of your life and commit it completely to him? In verse six, it says this, in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. In all your ways, acknowledge him. In every area of your life, the big things, the little things, you just make sure and do that. And then verse seven is incredible. Do not be wise in your own eyes, Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. And so that means that you and I have to say, okay, Lord, whatever you tell me to do in every area of my life, I'm going to do it. It's an all-out commitment to you. So when your word says it, I'll do it. When your spirit prompts me, I'll do it. And I'm going to ask you about everything. When I first became a believer, I was taught this principle, and it's made my life so much better. 
And, and so I practice it. When I get up in the morning and I get in my truck and I'm ready to head to church, I have different routes I can take. I ask God, which one should I take? And, and, and sometimes things happen and sometimes don't. If Pam and I are going to go to a restaurant, we pray, Lord, which restaurant? Uh, if we're going to go sh uh, Christmas shopping, we actually pray what store to go into. By the way, some things have already happened this year. And I've just learned to do that. Every area of our life. First Corinthians 10, 31 says, whatever you eat or whatever you drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. You know what? Before you and I order food, you ought to say, God, what should I order? By the way, for some of us, you're going to order way less. I want the double quarter pounder with cheese and mega fries and, 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 and the chocolate shake and the Diet Coke. <laughs> God's like, no. Get the salad. Ugh. I owe immediate obedience. And uh, I actually, and this, this is going to shock some of you, it really will. Ready? I pray about what I wear. Now, some of you are looking at me going, don't you dare blame that on God. But I really do. I pray about what I wear. And, and so a, a couple months ago, three months ago or so, uh, it was a week before we were going to kick off the Bible Is campaign. Um, I'm up in the morning before the 9 o'clock service, and uh, I walk into my closet, and I say, Lord, what should I wear? Now, some days I don't get anything, sometimes like a little nudge, but this day it was almost like a, a, a shaking moment, and I look at this one particular shirt, and I'm like, that's the one I'm supposed to wear. And so I get dressed, and I'm wearing it, and, and I come to church, and I preach the 9 o'clock service. It was a day where incredible things were happening, and so I'm in the back back here with where, where some of our team gathers to talk about, you know, were we obedient to the Lord? Were we in tune? And, and, and all of a sudden, Casey, who is now Casey Hughes, and she was Casey Butler, is running up to me, and she's running with one of these, which we're supposed to kick off on the following week, the Bible issued. And she's going, Pastor Chuck, Pastor Chuck, you've got to put this on. And I said, um, no. Um, why would I do that? And she said, you know what? You really need to listen to me. You've got to do it. And I actually, Casey reminded me, and she said, it's true. I looked at her and said, God told me to wear this shirt. And she goes, well, I don't know why God told you to wear that shirt, but look underneath your armpits. And I looked and it was huge. Sweat. I mean, and she goes, Pastor Chuck, on the, swing, on the screen up there, it's 10 feet across. It's 10, 10 feet of sweat, and you're lifting your arms a lot. And, uh, and I don't think we want to put the 11 o'clock service through this. See, she cares about you. And, uh, and I'm like, you know, you're right. And I said, but I did pray about it. And, and by the way, here's the thing you need to know. Many of you know, I almost never wear a t-shirt to preach in. You've been around here a long time, right? I just don't know why I typically don't. They were even trying to talk me into this the following week. So I go back and I change and I come out and I preach the 11 o'clock service in this shirt. Well, uh, after the service, Pam and I had planned and we went to Sir Latab and I had not taken more than two steps into the store and a lady looked at me and said, I was just wondering about that. So what's the Bible is? What's the Bi what is the Bible to you? Well, I figured if she asks, I'm going to tell her. So man, I unload the gospel. I mean... <laughs> She's, she's going to hear it all. And so I am just witnessing and witnessing and going, and she's eating it up. Then I hear another lady go, Pastor Chuck, and she walks over. She goes to her, this lady, she goes, that's my pastor. It's the one I was telling you about. And we're starting the story. This is the church that has it, and I'm hoping you come with me. And she goes, I will. I will. And she goes, and they walk off talking about the Lord. I take another step, and the lady behind the counter who I know goes, hey, my husband and I just talked about that last night. Let me tell you what I think the Bible is. And she just starts saying it loud enough to witness to everybody in the store. And, and I'm loving it. And then a couple kind of gets close to me. 
And, and I looked at them, and the guy is standing there, a really cool uh, young college couple they're dating. And, and he looks at me, and he said, hey, I, I don't want to bother you, but today we are in the 11 o'clock service, and um, when you gave the invitation, I knew God was speaking to my heart. And I, I looked at my girlfriend, and I thought, well, I don't want to go and leave her. But I knew God wanted me to. And then we got out in the car, and she looked at me, and she said, you know, when Pastor Chuck gave the invitation, I knew God wanted me to go, but I didn't want to leave you. And they said, oh, and they said, we're, they were pretty devastated. They didn't come forward. They knew God wanted them to. So what happened, they're sitting at lunch and they're telling each other the story about this. And then he said to her, I just wish there was some way we could talk to Pastor Chuck right now. And he looked up and here I am wearing this shirt that he can see all across the, the parking lot. And he said, we're here. And they recommitted their lives to Christ. Now, now, you know what? God wanted me in this shirt. So some of you might say, well, why did God have you wear the other one? I think God thought it was funny. <laughs> I, I, I think the Lord said to Gabriel, watch this, man. Oh, and, uh, and sent me out there. And I, some of you are going, why are you even telling us this? I don't know. But, uh, uh, but God does it. God just does things. And we need to say, God, I'm going to do it when it doesn't make sense. And it's every area of my life. Let me bring it back to Baptism. Do you know in the book of Acts, every single time a person committed their life to Christ, the very next thing they did was baptism? By the way, are you ready? Immediately. Immediately, the Ethiopian eunuch, here's water, why I can't be baptized. Acts chapter 2, Peter, what do we do? Repent and be baptized. Paul, when he realized who Jesus is, Ananias said, arise, be baptized. Every single time, every single time. Now, you might ask why. Well, let me tell you some reasons. Number one, baptism is a ceremony, but it's more than a ceremony, and it's symbolic, but it's way more than a symbol of a total commitment to Jesus Christ. You go completely under. That's the whole, the word baptized means to submerge completely, and it's the idea that I am completely his, and you do it by your choice so that you're buried with Christ. You are with Jesus in a very intimate, identifying moment, where he puts his arms around you and you go under together and it says the old you is left behind, the new you comes, and it's a sign of complete commitment to him. Uh, I, I've had some people say to me, I don't know why I need to do that. Well, there was a man who knew he was called upon to get baptized. And in his case, he walked 60 miles. 60 miles through a, a very grueling, harsh, dangerous wilderness desert area. He went to a particular place because he knew God wanted him to be baptized. And when he entered the waters of baptize, baptism to be submerged, to be immersed, uh, he, the man who was doing it looked at him and said, no, I can't baptize you. You need to be baptized me. And who is this man that walked 60 miles? Jesus, the Messiah, Jesus Christ. And he said these words, no, John, you must do this to fulfill all righteousness. Let me say something to you. If Jesus needed to be baptized, you do too. Right? I mean, think about that. Jesus needed to be. He heeded the call. He did it. By the way, that was a very special spot. 
Uh, uh, that was a very I.O., immediate obedient spot to be in. Here's why. Uh, uh, thousands of years before, Joshua had brought the children of Israel to that place at the River Jordan, that general area, if not that exact spot. And by the way, I believe it was the exact spot. And Joshua was told by God, you have the priests put the ark upon their shoulders and step into the water and the waters apart. And they stepped into that area, the Judean wilderness, the waters parted. And what happened? Because they were immediately obedient, they entered into the promise land and the blessing of God and the victory of God. Uh, hundreds of years after that, Elijah the prophet knew that God was calling him to be raptured into heaven, the first rapture, uh, or maybe even the second, if it's Enoch. But he's about to be raptured into heaven. And Elisha, his, his apprentice, his, the person he's being mentored, uh, uh, Elijah's mentoring, uh, they travel to Jericho. And the prophets come out and say to Elijah and Elisha, they say, today's the day your master will be caught up into heaven. And he said, shh, shh, quiet, don't say a word. And then Elijah and Elisha and the prophets make a walk from Jericho down to that area of the Jordan. If not, the, it's definitely the general area. I believe, again, it was the exact spot where the ark had passed. And they stand there, and Elijah takes his mantle and hits the water, and it parts. And Elijah and Elisha walks off to a place of promise for Elisha, where he it was said that if you see me caught up into heaven, you'll get a double portion of the Spirit. And an, a chariot later grabs Elijah, takes him up into heaven, and Elijah Elisha looks up and says, my father, the chariots and the horsemen of Israel. And at that moment, the mantle drops and he catches it. And a double portion of the spirit comes upon him. And he walks back to that spot at the Jordan and parts the river. And the spirit of God moves even in a more incredible way. You go fast forward from that John the Baptist who comes in the spirit of Elijah to the exact place of Elijah, standing in the Jordan River, is baptizing people and Jesus himself shows up. And Jesus says, let me be baptized to fulfill all obedience. And when he goes under the water and comes up, it says the Holy Spirit descended upon him and inaugurated his ministry. God used something as ordinary as a desert area, a wilderness area with water running in it to inaugurate and begin the ministry of Jesus. Baptism is a place where God does something special in your life to start something new. And you'll never understand it till you do it and do it with the right heart and do it by your choice. We've seen these pools used and this baptistry used in ways that have blown our mind, in transforming ways, freeing ways, powerful ways. Uh, last year at Christmas, uh, a young college girl was baptized here. Her brother Nathan was sitting and watching, and he was so elated he couldn't believe it. When Nathan was three years old, his mother and father found out that he had an extreme and aggressive form of cancer, and they said he will not live. And they began to pray, God, give us more time. Keep them with us. And for 17 years, they prayed that prayer every birthday and every anniversary of getting the news, and God always spared him and kept him with them. Nathan, uh, because of the cancer and some other things, had special needs. Let me say something as clearly as I can. They didn't see that as a curse. They saw every moment they got to care for him as a blessing. You know why? That's because how people of God look at people like that. You know, we do. We don't see it as tragic. We see it as awesome. And they, by the way, they treasured every moment with Nathan. So at that Christmas time, Nathan's watching his sister get baptized. Then Easter came and we did the mass baptisms like we'll invite you to today where you can come just like in the book of Acts and say yes to God and in your clothes get into the water. 
And, and as the baptisms were happening at Easter, he looked at his mom and he said, Mom, we need to go. And she said, okay. She really wanted to stay and worship and watch, but she thought maybe there was a need. And so now he, she's wheeling him out. And he goes, no, 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 what are you doing? And she's starting out the door. And he goes, no, no, I don't want to go. I want to go there. I want to go. I want to be baptized. And she's like, you do. And because of the way that they had moved, they ended up coming down here and bumping into a sister and saying, this is the moment. And they all went back there. And then God moved even more. So Nathan got baptized and his mother and father got baptized that day. And they were just elated. They realized what God wanted to have happen. They walked out of here in, in, in a way that they couldn't even imagine. And then in August, he slipped into a coma. And um, he, it was a little, it was a, it was a while that God was getting ready to take him. And what happened is his, out of nowhere, his eyes opened and he looked at his mom and she looked right into his eyes and she knew what she needed to say. She said, Nathan, you want to go be with Jesus, don't you? And he shook his head, yes, I do. She said, then go. And he shut his eyes and he went to be with the Lord. Here's what his mom, Sandra, told me. She said, Pastor Chuck, every day we had him was a treasure. But one of the most special days we had with him was the day he was baptized into Jesus Christ. One of the most special days. Now, some of you right now are going, Chuck, that's emotional. And let me tell you why I'm telling you an emotional story. Because I want you to know that baptism is emotional. It's emotional to you, but here's what I don't want you to miss. It's emotional to God the Father. God the Father wants to share this with you as his child. It's special to God. It's emotional to God. It's meaningful to God when you do it. And if you've never done it by your choice, being because the Holy Spirit tells you to, you need to do it. We need to be immediately obedient to him. As a matter of fact, we need to be committed to doing everything God says first and foremost, which is point number three. We obey God even when it doesn't make sense. We obey in every area of our life. But number three, we obey God first. We put God ahead of our own desires. We put it ahead of family tradition. We put God ahead of our feelings of the moment. We obey God first in every area of our life. Now, interestingly, where Proverbs addresses this, look in Proverbs 3 verse 9. Honor the Lord from your wealth and from the first of all your produce. Now, by the way, God wants you to give financially to him first. He wants you to give to him financially first. When you read the, the Blessed Life and we study on it, you're going to see that God wants us to give to him and give to others. A lot of people go, well, I'll give to others. I just don't want to give to God. No, you got to give to him first. And then you got to give beyond that. And God calls for you and I to live that way. Notice how it says it in verse 9. Honor the Lord from your wealth. That means give offerings to God based on how he's blessed you. In Deuteronomy, we'll see this in coming weeks, it actually says this. And you are to bring offerings to the Lord your God based on how he's blessed you. In other words, right now, if you believe God's blessed you above and beyond your tithe, you give offerings to God. And by the way, you honor him with that. It needs to be an amount that would honor God. And you would say, God, you, I love you. I care about you. This is meaningful. And then it says, and from the first of all your produce. That's called the tithe. That's the first fruit giving. First fruit giving means the first 10% of everything that comes into my life, I give to God. Whatever I get, 10% goes immediately to the Lord. And it's first and foremost. I don't even think about it. I immediately obey him and do it. And now notice what it says will happen. Verse 10. So as you and I honor God from our wealth and give our tithes, so your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. 
God said, I'll bless you. But now I want to be honest. I'm going to, this is very honest, ready? I don't like this. You know why? I would prefer for God to bless me and then I give. Not have me give and get blessed. Did you see the order? God said, if you give to me, I'll bless you. But I'm going, God, no, couldn't you bless me and then I'll give? And God says, I'm not going to do it that way. You and I will never experience the amazing blessing of God unless you give to him first and make him first in this area and every area of your life. It's interesting, verse 11 says, my son, do not reject the discipline of the Lord or loathe his reproof. In other words, don't reject this. Now, a lot of, a lot of people who say they're Christians, you reject it. You just say, no, I'm not gonna do it because you're not willing to give him every area of your life, which is why this points to this in this moment. This is one of the ways you and I tune into God more than any other way you can imagine. And we experience him. And it comes down to, do I trust God and love God? And will I walk by faith and not by sight? Robert Morris said this. He said in The Blessed Life, Now, I want you to think about these two statements and the two types of people they come from. I want you to think about these two statements and the two types of people. Listen to what they are. All tithers give the testimony they are blessed. All tithers give the testimony they are blessed. And all non-tithers give the testimony they cannot afford to tithe. That's so true. That is so true. I can promise you, matter of fact, it already happened Saturday and already happened after nine. People who tithe come to me after this message and say, Pastor Chuck, thank you. Please keep sharing that. I want people to know the blessing. And then I'll get emails from other people who say, could you please stop talking about this? Never a tither. You see, it's really true. Those who tithe and trust God find God working in their life. The question is, are you ready to be immediately obedient and find God working in your life? I'll tell you the other question. Now, this is honest. Get ready. Do you love God? Do you really love God? Here's what Jesus said, John 14, 23. Jesus said, anyone who loves me, he will keep my words. All his words, by the way, will do whatever he says. Anyone who loves me will keep my words and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our abode in him. He who does not love me does not keep my words. Jesus could not be clear. Now there's two things amongst many Jesus tells us. One is we should tithe. Luke eleven forty two. 42, listen to the words of Jesus. You should tithe. You should tithe. That's what he says. New Living Translation. You should tithe. Uh, Luke 6, 38 begins with the word give. Give. It's actually in a Greek tense. It's a command. Give. And listen to what he goes on to say. It will be given to you they will pour it into your lap, a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, for by your standard of measure, we measure to you in return. It's interesting in Proverbs 3, 9 and 10, it says, if you give to God, he will cause your life to have overflowing blessing. In Luke 6, 38, it says, when you give to God, God will give back to you way more than you can imagine. Now, we don't give to get. We give because God tells us to give, and we just do it. The question is, are we going to do it? When it comes to baptism, Matthew 28, verse 18 says, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth, Jesus says. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now notice it says, make disciples and baptize disciples. Here's what I want you to catch, church family. We are only to baptize disciples. People who are committed to God. Anybody who's not a disciple, that's not baptism then. 
They have to make a commitment to God and be a disciple on their own by their choice for it to be what God wants us to do. You see, we need to be I.O. people. By the way, at this time of the year, the most I.O. person, the most immediately obedient person ever is Mary. We call Mary the most blessed of all women, and by the way, I think we should. Why was she blessed? Why did she live the blessed life? Because she was immediately obedient to the Lord. When the angel Gabriel appeared to her and said, you are going to have a child and he will be Christ the Lord. And she said, how can I? I've never known a man. And he said, the Holy Spirit will overshadow you. What did she say? She said, behold, the handmaid of the Lord. Whatever you tell me to do, I'll do. She knew it was going to be tough. She knew people weren't going to understand. She just said, God, whatever you want to do, you do it. And she made herself committed to the Lord. It was in John chapter 2 after Jesus had been baptized. In waters of baptism, he inaugurated his new ministry life. And in John chapter 2, they were at a wedding in Cana of Galilee. Now Mary was there and she was important to the wedding, which tells us not only they knew the couple, they must have been related to the couple. It's very, very possible it was one of his brothers getting married. And they ran out of wine. And when you ran out of wine at a wedding, that was not a good thing. It was a sign that, that, that disaster had struck. The wedding was ruined. The celebration was over. And Mary goes to Jesus. And she said, we're out of wine. And Jesus said, woman, what does that have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. And she, John 2, 5, turns to the servants and says, whatever he tells you to do, do it. By the way, let me lock that in your mind. You and I ought to listen to Mary. Whatever he tells us to do, do it. Whether it makes sense or not, in every area of our life, and first and foremost, listening to him. So he said, see the water jars? He said, fill them with water. And they filled it with water. He said, dip in and take the water to the head waiter. And they dipped in and took it to the head waiter, which didn't make any sense whatsoever. And he took a drink and he said, whoa. He said, what is, what is going on here? He goes, every, every wedding feast, you give the good wine first. Then after people have drunk some and don't know any better, then you bring out the bad. He said, you save the best till last. Did you catch that? When you, when you say to the Lord, whatever you say to do, I'll do. What does he do? He transforms the something as ordinary as water into something as amazing as the best wine ever. A wine of celebration, a wine of blessing, a wine of joy. And, and God is into the transforming business. If you will trust him with something like this, he'll make amazing things happen in your life. So let me apply this in two ways. Get ready. I want to apply this in two ways. Number one, we want these water pots to become very special to you and I. We want to be people who tune into the voice of God. And in the coming weeks, you'll understand the best way to tune in is in the area of finances. So I'm going to go ahead and do this without apology. We've prayed about it. We feel God calling us to do it. Crossroads, on December 22nd and 23rd, we want to have a miracle offering. I'm going, to, I'm going to ask you and invite you to be a part of it. Here's how we're going to do it. I want to ask you to say to the Lord, God, whatever you tell me to give is an offering to you above and beyond my tithe I'm going to do. Whatever it is, you tell me. I'm going to be I.O. I'm going to be immediately obedient. That means as you pray, there might be some of you, God will say give $10 above and beyond. And you're going to go, but I could give a lot more than 10 but only give 10 Some of you, by the way, get ready. I, I already know this. Some of you are going to get a large amount. Now, you make sure it's God, but you make sure you're obedient. 
God has a reason why he'll say different amounts to each one of us. Pam and I already have ours. I was actually very surprised how God wants us to do it. But I'm ready to do it. And then on December 22nd, 23rd, we're going to take these pots and we're going to make them pots of whatever you tell us to do, we will do. And we're going to have them here and we're going to worship. And here's what I believe. As you as a family or you as individuals drop in your miracle offering, something's going to happen in your life. God's going to do something. I really believe that. I think some of you, God's going to make this this moment of turning because you haven't been faithful in this area and you're going to get a bigger amount. And some of you, God's got other reasons why it's going to happen. But I want us as a church family to come and do it. So let me answer some questions. Question number one, what's the offering go for? You ready? What's the offering go for? The answer is the Lord. Now I know a few of you are going, whoa, 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 wait. We need to have a special project. No, no, the miracle is us listening and obeying, not in doing it for a project. I actually did have someone say, Pastor Chuck, if you tell the people a special project, we'll get more. I don't want more. I want us to be completely committed to God. I want us to do it because we love him. Now, now here's the thing. We are, you could trust us. We'll use the money to a God-given purpose. But the reason I can't tell you for what it's for is because God hasn't showed us what it's for yet. We're just going to pray and ask God what we use it for. We'll trust him. But I'm going to ask you to do it. Now, I know that's scary. But I'll tell you what, you'll tune into God. Because God speaks in this area. Matter of fact, if any of you wonder if God's speaking, he'll, he'll talk to you. I can already tell you. And uh, yeah, yeah, get ready. So that's going to happen. So that's one. So I want to have you pray about it. I want you to be a part of it. I want you to be committed. I want you to be here. And I want you to say, God, tell me what to do. And you get ready. This is a part of tuning into God. By the way, next week, I'm going to preach... A heavy, heavy message about spiritual warfare, and I think this will even come to light more. But you get ready, because we can't have the blessed life if we're caught in a spiritual bondage. Now, the next thing I want to say is baptism. There are some of you today that need to be baptized. If Jesus would walk 60 miles to be baptized, some of you need to walk 60 steps. Some of you need to walk 60 yards. Some of you need to make that journey. No matter where you are, you need to come and say, I'll do it. Why? Because Jesus said to do it. Maybe you became a Christian and never got baptized. You know what? You need to do it. Uh, Maybe today's the day you say yes to God. Today's the day you say, I'm going to open up to him. Then I'm going to ask you to come and be baptized. Just like in the book of Acts when the eunuch said, I want to follow God, here's water. What prevents me? Say, if you believe in Jesus Christ, you come. And today, if you have never been baptized into Christ and you are a Christian, I'm going to say, come get baptized. And if you are someone today who's never given your life to Christ, I'm going to say, come and get baptized. And you come and surrender to him completely. You pray and tell him. And by the way, what I'm going to tell you is you come and just do it in your clothes. You come kick off your shoes and get into one of these pools. Now, I know there's some of you going, man, I don't know if I want to get baptized. I I, I love God, but I'm afraid of water. Let me tell you something. That's why this pool's here. There is no way you can drown in that pool. But you can be baptized. So you know what? This is a pool for you. There's some of you going, but I'm wearing a white top. Guess what? We have shirts for you. And, And we'll just put this on you and you can get baptized. So don't let that stop you. There are some of you going, but what about my valuables? And you know what? We have a baggie here and we'll put your valuables in it and we'll have, uh, we have people you can trust. A few have just out on parole three months, but you can trust them. (laughs) And, and you know what? We'll make sure you have your valuables covered. There are some of you going, but what about my car? It'll get wet. We have a, a trash bag to put over your seat. But I want to tell you the way some of you drive, you ought to just get it wet with baptistry water, you know, and make it safer. And by the way, we have a towel for you. 
But I'll tell you what we also have is an invitation to come and experience Jesus like you can't imagine. There's some of you going, I don't know about this water. It's cold. We have that baptistry up there that's heated, the one Nathan went to. By the way, it's going to get emotional for me where Aiden went to. Some of you remember Aiden's 10 years old and got a brain tumor. And he said, is there any way I can get baptized? The doctor said no. And and he did. And, uh, oh, man, Raina and, and his family are so moved that that day they have with him. But you know what? God loves you, and he wants you to do it. And so I want to tell you, come be baptized. But, but if you're going to do, get baptized, the key is this. You're coming to the Lord. You're saying, God, I would never hold back from you. Lord Jesus, you didn't hold back from me. I want you as my father. I want you guiding my life. I want to be yours completely. Some of you need to come today and make it a day of getting rid of hurt and pain in your life. That as you go under, that person who's been wounded, that person who's been hurting, that person who has those in, wounds inflicted, you come up and you're, that's not you anymore. And Jesus says the old you has passed away. Some of you need to come because there's things in your life you need to get rid of. Uh, a last service, I know God told me, there's a guy using drugs and he came and he hit that water and he said, I know I can stop now. He's a new person. Uh, some of you, it's, you know what, you've been holding back on God and it's time to say no more. I'm ready to be completely his. So I'm going all in. Maybe you're a couple and you need to do this together to baptize yourselves and your marriage, your family. So I want to pray right now and if God calls you, I'm going to ask you to do that. I'm going to ask you to arise and be baptized. And I'm going to ask you to follow God completely. Let's pray. Father, I pray and I ask for your spirit to move God, I want to be a church family. I want to be a person and a part of a church family who's completely committed to you and we're ready to do whatever you tell us to do. So God, today we we ask for your spirit to stir amongst each one of us and make us sensitive to you and allow us to hear from you. And Father, I pray right now that your spirit is touching people, people who need to make this the day of transformation, the day they either give their life to you for the very first time and experience you or some who come back to you or some who find healing and find freedom for some Lord who have the shame and the guilt erased never to be upon them again so God I pray right now that you would begin to touch anyone who needs to come and they would know Lord this is a time for you and them to share together Father, I do think there's someone who was baptized as a baby who's wrestling with this. And they're sitting here bothered by it, not because they do not understand your word teaches it, but because they've held on so long and it's time to let it go. And now it's time to be baptized into you, Jesus, by their choice as a disciple. Father, I think there's someone else here today who they're hurt, they're in pain. And God, right now, they need to come and leave that behind. Father, there's a couple here that need to do this together. It's time to put the hurt, the pain, the dysfunction in their marriage aside and and, and have themselves centered on you together. And Lord, just like last hour, I believe there's someone sitting here now who the last thing I would ever want to have heard is a message like I just gave, but in their heart and in their mind, they know it's true. And they feel free. And today's the day to celebrate that. 
I'm going to ask that we keep praying. And right now, I'm going to have a time. I'm going to lead a prayer. If you want to say yes to God or you want to recommit to God or you want healing from God, you want Him at the center of your heart and life, I'm going to ask you right where you're sitting. Let's pray it together. Whisper these words to say, God, I'm going to give myself to you. Say this. Say, Lord Jesus, I know you love me. And I know you died on the cross to forgive me and to cleanse me from all my sin and all my failure. You did this to heal me from my hurt and from my pain. You want me to be free from my past, from anything that harms me. And you want me to be yours. So I say yes. Yes, I want you. And yes, I want the life you have for me. So I open my heart to you. Please, right now, fill me with your love and fill me with your spirit. And I want to be yours completely. I want to listen to you and live for you and experience the things you've prepared for me because you love me. So today's my day with you in the beginning of our life together. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen if you pray that.